Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Yes, I thankfully had some preparation done for this talk because it is part of our prayer series, but it was also a last-minute cram at 9 o'clock when Mel was being sick and we thought it's definitely plan B. So plan B, please be gracious with me this morning (laughs) as I deliver the... uh, Not plan B for God, though. Thanks, Sienna. (laughs) So we're in the prayer series at the moment. Our vision for this year is to be a house of prayer for all. Benj kicked that off maybe two weeks ago, and then we had Carol um, Renucci share about um, having space um, for God, so pausing, and that was just a beautiful talk um, around creating some space for prayer, space for God, and um, it was actually just really peaceful in the room all day as well, so if you haven't heard that, catch up on the podcast, and um, yeah, this morning, I'm going to continue talking about rejoicing, worship, and gratitude in terms of prayer. So, if you don't know me, my name's Alyssa, I has been said already, but I'm married to Jamie, who's often on worship, and I've got two young kids, three and one, so our house is very full and very loud. So, prayer, for me, isn't like a quiet space of lots of um, solitude and time. It's very hard to find that time. Um, But for me, at the moment, prayer looks more comfortable in the um, moments of just as I go along. So thank you, God, for that. Okay, cool. I'm praying for this. Can you help me with this? Help me settle my child. That kind of prayer, which is good prayer because Paul encourages us to pray continuously. And so that kind of resonates with me. But what I want to share today is something that I'm struggling with. (laughs) I'm really finding hard, but I want to be better at and find um, more moments for This kind of came to a head maybe three or four weeks ago when we had our baptisms, who was there for our baptisms, and that was such an incredible Sunday. Um, In the afternoon, I was just reveling in the moment. My dad was baptized, so I definitely um, had that moment, but there was another, um, there was other news that started to come as we were hearing in the afternoon, which was that um, four people were healed from Um, their back. So Mel shared something um, in the service and then afterwards um, loads of people got prayer for their backs. And so we were hearing this news come in the afternoon, like not only did people get baptized, but then there was um, one person saying, oh, my back was healed and another person and another person. And we were like wowed by God doing something we didn't really expect on that day. And I was certainly praising him in those moments, but my praise looked a little bit more like message that person, be on my phone. Oh my gosh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Jamie, did you hear about this one? And um, I even messaged our triad and said, oh, it feels like such a day to be on my knees in worship to God. But actually, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't. (laughs) I was messaging. I was posting on Instagram. I was thanking him on the way. I, I, I guess... It's not to say that my thankfulness wasn't genuine, but I think there was something more for me in that moment. So, 
Let's read the verse for today, which resonates so much with how I felt that day. Um, It's in Luke 17, and Stephen, who might graciously quickly have found it for me, (laughs) Um, we'll read together. Um, So verse 11. So I'll read from here. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, loud voice, Jesus, have pity on us, or in another version says, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not ten of you cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. All too often I find myself in the nine that had the miracle but actually didn't return um, to Jesus. You know, rejoice means to return to joy, to return to the source of joy. So my message today is around returning to the source of our joy. Would we find ourselves at the feet of him who we've got so much to be grateful for? So three parts, return to the source and joy. So return to his presence. Would we find the true worship that he really desires to be Bring ourselves fully to him. You know, all 10 of the lepers were willing to do that religious ceremony of going to the priest. And that is um, significant. But only one was filled with the true praise and thanksgiving. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon says, external religious exercises are easy enough, common enough. But the internal matter of drawing out the heart in thankful love, how scarce a thing it is. Nine obey the ritual, but only one praises the Lord. Something that's really been on my heart the last little while is um, this um, this little hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. All the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. As we turn and lift and have that physicality toward him, there's something about gazing in his face and honoring him in that space. And it takes a physicality and a moment to do that. My word for this year has been wonder. And I have been really captivated by how much um, in a moment we can just see things in a quite a physical level. You know, um, you're here, you're sitting here, you're looking at me, it's all very physical. But deeper than that, we're gathered for a reason, which is we want to actually draw into knowing God and we want to be with people of God. And actually his presence is here as well. So we draw into the layers of that. And so there's a wonder that I find of trying to see the kingdom and see God in all of those moments. I don't know if you've seen the moon lately or the sun. I mean, there's been some incredible things happening in the sky lately, some red moons. Just like, I've just been captivated. I sat the other night just on our deck, just looking, just looking for a bit. (laughs) 
And there was something so, so beautiful about that for me that I needed to just be sitting in the presence of God, not asking him of anything, but just worshipping who he is and the wonderful creator he is. So I wonder if we need to turn towards, turn back towards him. What would it look like to return to him more often, giving him that space, the place and the praise in the everyday moments to actually turn our gaze towards him again? So return to the source. Well, who are we turning to? Who are we turning to? I don't know if you've been joining us in this Lent um, process of uh, praying the Lord's Prayer every morning between eight and nine. I won't get you to put your hands up because I haven't been amazing at it either, so that's okay. But the Lord's Prayer begins with an invitation to adoration. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to make holy. We need to be reminded of who he is and who it is we're praying to. Before we jump into the asking and the daily bread and um, the redemption of evil, it's, um, we need to remind ourselves of, that he's a loving father a mighty God, a powerful and gentle God. He's a promise keeper, a saviour, a creator, the Lord of heaven and earth. Well, doesn't that help put our prayers in perspective? Doesn't that help us see things with a, a, a lot more breadth? If I don't remind myself of who I'm praying to, then I come to prayer as more of a reaction to my circumstances around me. Oh, help me with this, help me with that, help me with that. Well, actually, he already wants to. He already wants to. He already loves you. He already wants to adorn the best gifts over you. He already wants to engage with you in that moment. If you recognize that he is that loving father or that promise keeper or that healer, he already wants to do that. Now, we could get into why he doesn't or doesn't not, but that will be later in the series. But he does want to and he wants to engage with us. So that reminds us that um, of who we're praying to really changes our prayers. So who's the source? Who are you praying to? Who are you hallowing? Whose name are you hallowing? I read this thing about, um, you know, the northern lights. You don't look at the northern lights and go, wow, I'm amazing. You know, you, you look and you think, wow, how incredible that is. Would our gaze be toward him, toward how incredible he is? And as we come to him, then that puts in perspective how we come. So, to return to the source of joy. The message version in this um, Bible verse says that the leper turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful he couldn't thank him enough. The joy um, we have to share with Jesus the moment to, to return to him, there's such a joy in sharing it with him and he wants that presence with us. And then Jesus said back to him something pretty incredible. You know, the, the ten were all healed and if I put myself in the shoes of one of the nine, which I definitely feel as though I am, like, yes, I was healed, freedom, like, I'm going to go do all these things that I've um, been so thankful for. And you kind of say, thanks, God, I'm keeping going because that's definitely my personality, on to the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Um, but what Jesus offers here and says is that your faith has healed you. You've been made well. 
So he already had the healing physically. So what's Jesus saying here? Well, I wonder if he's talking about something more like a whole life healing and restoration that he offers. The depth of our heart and soul being restored with him. And what a joy to know his, that whole life is um, to be restored with him as we return to him and continue to find joy in him. What if we linger a little longer, behold him, share his joy with him, and perhaps the deepest healing and whole life healing is that heart and soul transformation simply learning to sit at his feet and let him deeply love us. Is it enough for us to just want to sit at his feet? Would we be people that are not so concerned about the product of our prayers, but actually the person we're seeking? What if we sought the person more than the product? That's really something God's convicting me of lately. How much I come to him saying, oh God, okay, I'm here. I've only got a minute. So could you give me the answer to this? And could you do this? And um, yes, and I've got these couple of people that I want to pray for. And great, we're done. And could you do that? And I'm like, oh, thanks God. But actually, like he just really wants me. He really just wants me. All he wants is just to linger with me. And what if I didn't concern myself with the products of my prayers and what he might do, regardless of what he does, regardless of the healing, regardless of the answer that I want, what if he actually just wants me? What if he wants me to just linger um, looking at his face? I don't know, and I'll do a little prayer in a minute, and you might be able to linger in this, but Have you ever thought about the gazing in his face and how we could just smile at him and that actually maybe he's looking at us, smiling at us and how powerful that might be to just gaze at each other, to just be looking at each other's eyes and delighting in each other? Have you thought about how God might just delight in you? He created you. He formed your every piece together in your mother's womb And he's so proud and excited that you're here. And actually what he wants to do is just look and love you. I was looking at Arlo the other day, and of course a mother would say this, but I actually did have a moment that was really profound. And I just looked at his flesh and the way he was formed and his eyes and the way he was just goofily walking around because he's walking now a bit like this. And it was just like... I was so delighted, I was so delighted. He wasn't doing anything. He was doing crazy, random, silly things. He wasn't producing anything for me. He was just him. And that's all God wants from us, is to just be us in his presence, fully in his presence. George Muller says that... um, The most important thing he concerns himself every day is to make his heart happy in God. I thought, that's really cute. (laughs) But how do you do that? But I wonder if there's something in that of just... We're so concerned about trying to make ourselves happy with so many things. Our consumerist culture, it's all about how could we 
be happier with stuff and the right things and if things are going well. But what if our heart was deeply happy with just him being looking in his face and him delighting in us? What if we had more of those moments um, to just delight in him and to hold that space with him? And again, another quote of um, Mother Teresa telling Henry Nouwen, what, what do you do? What's the most important thing to do? And Mother Teresa says, we'll spend an hour a day in adoration of the Lord. I mean, we don't all have an hour, right? <laughs> but this, the, the holding of that space for adoration to God, that would be the most important thing. Worship and lifting him high of who he is is the most important. So when we think about prayer, when we think about worship and gratitude, would we think to that Lord's Prayer that the first and most important thing for us to do in our prayer is to adore him. Our Father, collectively our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Would it be lifted high? You are enough, Lord. You are more than enough. And if I don't get time to finish the rest of the prayer, maybe that's enough. Maybe that Lord's Prayer is enough there to hallow his name. Thank God he does go on and invites us to ask for things too, but, but maybe that's enough. So we're going to have some space now to just worship, um, worship, because I don't think I can talk over you to worship. I think I just want to encourage you to be in his presence and to worship him and to be grateful. And I don't think it's a mistake that on our fourth birthday as a church and as a community, we're talking about gratitude and thankfulness and how good he's been to us. So we have that moment today. And I might invite you to um, an imaginative prayer. So some of you might be familiar with this, some of you might not, but just using our minds to create a picture as I use my words to picture yourself in, um, in, a, in a moment with God. So some of you may or may not be comfortable with this. It's okay. If you feel distracted, Pete Gregg says that's another opportunity to just come back to God. So just, just come back and bring that back in. It's okay to be distracted. So would you close your eyes with me and we'll just have a little moment. This is a little story of a return that you might find yourself in morning. Well, before this morning, Lord, we've been in the world. We've been a little apart from you this morning, this week. But in this moment, we decide to return to you. We stop the running and turn back to you. We gaze in your direction. We start to take a few steps. He's still a long way off, if you can picture that. But he sees you from afar. He smiles. He's filled with compassion and love for you. So he runs. He runs towards you. He gets closer and closer to you. 
As he comes closer, he opens his arms so wide. He throws his arms around you. You feel the warmth around you. You fall on your knees. You start to share all the things and the reasons and the prayers, the ways you messed up, the things that you feel unworthy of, the way you treated others this week, the things you might think that he's not happy with. But so quickly, he stops you. He puts his hand over your lips. He lifts you. And he just smiles again at you. He gives you new clothes to put on. Because some of those rags you'd been wearing weren't fitting for how he sees you. He shows you through a door. And as you gaze through the gap, there's a long table set up beautifully laid out with your favourite food and your favourite drinks specifically for you with all your favourite people and he asks you to sit down at the table and he rises to give a toast to you how much he loves you and he shares with all the people around the table about how much he's been longing for you to be there so that you could all celebrate together and this joyous occasion that you would be at the table with him. As you eat and celebrate together, in the middle of the meal, he looks over to you, just gazes in your eyes. And I want you to just picture his eyes his face, what he looks like. He looks you right in the eyes and says, I love you. And I'm so proud of you. As you look at him in awe, and his eyes are so deep and the smile so wide. Just linger in that moment a little longer before we go into worshipping him. Would you just linger there? And then as we go back into worship, would you praise him like you're at that table still, worshipping and thanking him for who he is and who he has been to you? the faithfulness and the goodness that he shows you, the very fact you have breath in your lungs and that he invites you to the table is good enough for you. Lord, we want to honour you now. Come, Holy Spirit. You're enough for us. (laughs) 